Hello and welcome to this special edition of our OmniTalk Spotlight Series, where we are bringing you interviews with our top 20 OmniStars for 2022. The award was developed in partnership with Corso to recognize the top Omnichannel operators based on the headlines and the work they are driving within their respective organizations. I am Chris Walton. And I'm Ann Mazinga. And we are pleased to welcome to the show today, Raghu Mahadevan, Chief Digital Officer at 7-Eleven. Raghu, welcome to OmniTalk and thanks for joining us today. Hey, Chris, and thank you. Um, I'm uh, delighted to join uh, join your uh, podcast and uh, look forward to it. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, how, so we have to ask, we've been asking many of our uh, recipients this, how does it feel to be named one of the top Omni stars for 2022? You know, there's only 20 of them, Regu. <laughs> uh, well, feels great. No, I'm uh, both, uh, both thrilled as well as humbled to receive that honor. Um, on behalf of 7-Eleven. So um, appreciate the uh, appreciate the dialogue with Corso as well as a uh, part of that process, but uh, it's good. And it's a testament to the journey that we have been on mm-hmm. at 7-Eleven over the last, I would say a good portion of four, five, six years um, that has kept us trying to catch up with the customer. And as you know, that's uh, easier said than done. So yeah. it's good, a lot more to go, but uh, thanks again. That's good to hear you say that. I love how you said four, five, or six years too, because so many people we talked to haven't gone, you know, they can't get past the pandemic. Everything's because of the pandemic, but you're mm-hmm. saying it's great to hear that you guys started this work that long ago and it's been that type of journey. It has been, um, you know, in all earnestness, it started, um, I would say, I mean, if you really take 7-Eleven, it's been focused around the customer. It's a very iconic brand, it's 95 year old legacy customer in the center, neighborhood store, and it's been in the forefront of innovation. And we take it, whether it's a to-go coffee or a Slurpee and so on and so forth, a lot of product innovation. And coming to digital, I think it was back in 2015, 2016 timeframe where the organization said, it's time, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it was not happening before, but in all earnestness, that's when it started. And a lot of the things that we have been able to solve for our customers has been due to this conscious investment that we started doing uh, back then. And that's why I said four, five, six. So it's probably more closer to six than four. Yeah, right. right. I figured as much. (laughs) Okay, Raghu, before we get started, we want to give a special shout out to our partners at Corso, without whose support Omnistars would not have been possible. 100%. Uh, Corso is a tool your field leaders will actually thank you for. It turns all their reports into personalized top priorities that helps them take the right actions to boost performance. You can learn how leaders at over 25,000 US stores are saving time and driving impact at Corso.com. All right, Regu, we talked about 7-Eleven. We talked about your history. You've certainly been keeping us busy on our fast five for the last four or five or six years. Um, what, what, Let's talk here a little bit about your background, specifically you, Regu, the Omnistar first. Um, I joined 7-Eleven, uh, I believe, five years back, somewhere five close years. to five years back. Um, and um, as part of my journey here, I started off building what is right now our 7Now quick commerce business. Okay. Um, so started here to make 7-Eleven a big part of the delivery ecosystem. And uh, somewhere along the lines, also spent some time and rotation managing our marketing um, function, uh, played that role, I think, uh, along the way. And then over the last three years have been in this capacity of managing all things digital for 
7 Eleven. And what were you doing before? Se- what were you doing before 7 Eleven, too? Uh, prior to that, um, I spent about 12 years at Capital One uh, oh. in, the, you know, in many, many different functional areas. Uh, one of them being uh, deep rotation in digital, uh, done uh, legal, legal and compliance risk management, operations, network planning, um, and most importantly, business analysis, as we call one of, or called one of the uh, primary segments of Capital One. Did that. And then uh, somewhere in between, I spent four years at McKinsey. Okay. Prior okay. to coming over here. Okay. Another, wow. Another McKinsey guy. I know. Yeah. That's a very common theme on our show of late. Uh, <laughs> Regu, I have, a que- I have a question, especially with 12 years in, in fintech, especially. What what was unique about the 7-Eleven experience when you came over? Like what excited you about it and what was different? Yeah. I think the uh, interesting part about when I uh, uh, took a look at what 7-Eleven was, and like I said, it was on a path to disrupt in a big way, the customer experience and really land what that customer experience of the future was in an industry which I've been observing from outside in, especially when I was at Capital One, a chance to come and work on something as cool as turning on delivery across our 10,000, back then 10,000 store, now 13,500 store footprint. Just seemed like an exciting thing to be part of. So that's what got me here. It's an unbelievable journey, by the way. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to hear more about it and how you guys have you've been trying to find success within that journey. So so let's talk now about the role, Chief Digital Officer. Um, what Where does that begin and end? What 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 does that all encompass for you at 7-Eleven? Um, yeah, so the way we uh, go about uh, revolutionizing digital, as I call it, for customers, stores, and um, franchisees and vendor partners We've organized in four or five pillars. The first one is around the end customer. So what is the ecosystem you create when a customer is shopping in the store? So that includes the 7-Eleven app, the the loyalty program as part of the app, 7 Rewards and Speedy Rewards, Mm -hmm. uh, that we have uh, both banners together. The the shopping experience, the payments, the, uh, I mean, as simple as things from Apple Pay, Google Pay to our wallet experience, mobile checkout, all things frictionless checkout and so on. The second pillar is around out-of-store customer experience. So what's the ecosystem you create when the customer is not in your store? Mm-hmm. And that's the delivery business. So everything from how do you get products to a customer when, where, and how they want it. Um, that's the second one. Okay. The third one uh, entails a whole, a, a whole bunch of work to so- make things easier to run the store. Oh, all as right. A big, as a big part of the effort, I mean, our stores are where customers interact with the brand. And how do you take pain out of the day of a store associate or a store manager or that or the franchisee uh, so that they are put in a better position to make the customer experience more delightful? So it's to go from store systems and you name it, pin pad point of sale, on and on and on. Oh, great. How do you make those back office functions easier? Not even just back office, just operating functions easier. Right. How do you make it easier to track a, a coffee machine running out of coffee? Like things like that. Um, the fourth pillar is around fuels and restaurants. So we have a burgeoning portfolio of restaurants. Um, mm. And then also our fuels business of how do you go about uh, digitizing some many parts of those businesses. And the last one is our R&D function, which is seven next. And which is really tasked at figuring out what the customer experience of future is or what the store experience of the future is. So that's kind of how we, that, that's kind of how we encompass all things digital at uh, 7-Eleven. 
I love that breakdown. One thing I want to ask you about that too is, you know, you mentioned having responsibility over how how the the stores actually operate and helping them to operate more efficiently. I think one thing, Ann, that I've noticed as a through line through all of our conversations over the last five years is the companies that seem to have a better handle on kind of what needs to be done from an omni-channel perspective are taking that approach where there's someone that's digitally in charge of both the customer experience and also the employee experience at the same time. Regu, would you agree with that statement? Do you think that's an axiom at this point for good omni-channel retail? Or do you think you, you could really play it any way you want? I think I subscribe fully to that statement. You do? Okay. Fully. And I think it is extremely important to not miss the boat on uh, all areas where you are touching the customer. So anything that you want, I mean, if the customer is not entering the store and you're a pure delivery business and there's no brick and mortar, that's great. You yeah. just uh, half your task. But at the mm-hmm. same time, if there is an ecosystem that you have to manage, which has which includes both brick and mortar as well as your yeah, e-commerce footprint, I think that lens of being more operator-led certainly helps us land the experience in a way in which it works for everyone, not just one person. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because as you're talking about new delivery capabilities and new things that you're asking the stores to do, the tools and techniques the stores are using to bring those to life for the customers have to be part of that equation. And mm-hmm. if you're still separating that, it just doesn't make any sense. So, okay. So let me let, let me go up 30,000 feet here now. And the question that we love to ask is, what does the word omnichannel actually mean to you? How do you define that from your chair? Um, I see it two ways. The first lens is always the customer. It's basically how the customer wants to interact with us or shop with 7-Eleven. And whether one, they want to shop us in the store or they want to shop online, you name the channel you want. I think that's one piece. The other one is the other way around, which is how do you make yourself aware for what you can bring to the customer across any different channel? And are there new channels that you can create for the customer where they can engage? So I see it both ways. I think it plays more heavily on the former rather than the latter, depending on where you are in the journey. Right. Um, But whatever the experience you create, it has to be frictionless and um, and there has to be some customer delight, even for a transactional experience in what you might always historically think as a quick in and out. Okay, that quick in and out be better quick and delightful. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you have that's to be point. convenient. Yeah, you got to, you, that's your part of your, the core <laughs> of your business. In fact, it's in the name. Um, well, Raghu, you guys have been bringing a lot of innovation to the market very quickly, I have to say, and and homegrown innovation. I mean, I think that's one of the things that I find most admirable about you and the 7-Eleven organization is that you're you're taking um, this and you're you're really kind of working this from the inside out. You're you're trying to build the teams at 7-Eleven to bring all this innovation out to market. What of all of the things you've done over your last, you know, four or five years at 7-Eleven stands out to you the most so far? Yeah, and it's a it's a tough question to pick anyone, but you you little bit answered the question as you were saying it, which is nice job. We've tried to yeah, we've tried to um ensure we put things out for the customer that anticipates what the customer need is and uh, is able to bridge that pretty quickly so that that conven- that transaction which is convenient already is even mm-hmm. more convenient for example different parts and different things so for example 
First, we heard the need from customers that, hey, we all can't play in your rewards ecosystem. A whole bunch of us are cash customers, right? And mm. all the segment of customers are going in. So is there something very proprietary about launching a mobile wallet? No, I mean, every app has its own wallet. But sure. how do you make it? How do you make it work for our cash customers who are in our stores? And that's something that we launched I, I, probably three and, a, three and a half years back, or maybe even more. Um, but that's that was unique at the time when we launched it. But then very quickly during the pandemic, it was more around how do you make it extremely frictionless for the customer to do it. So then we scaled our mobile checkout feature, which is you scan in your phone and pay and go. You don't have actually a cup of coffee, which actually see, scan, go, and um, just walk out the door. Um, I think that was very convenient as uh, as that scaled. So did the delivery business, although we did start delivery back in 2018. Um, I mean, as my as many things as we had had for our customers, interestingly, on the store side, we also had something called a 7MD, which is seven mobile device, which is, if you think about what it does, it's a one-stop terminal to do everything that the store associate can do from checking out a tra customer transaction to ordering inventory to everything. We did with advanced everything that the store associate had to do in the back office room to doing it on a mobile device. So there's so many different things. If you ask me on a good day, I would say that the store one was so much more disruptive that it helped the customer transaction sure. much easier. But like I said, I, I could go over one, over, over, one and, after the other. And you built that all internally. The, yes. That, that's, that's so incredible. <laughs> I mean, I, I do, I, I really admire that about you. I think that that's, how do you decide then, Regu, like when you're going to, when you're going to take something on internally versus going external or bringing in somebody else and saying like, okay, we can do a lot of really great things, but it might be time to outsource one thing or another. We give it conscious thought for almost each each activity we pick up per se. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we did back in 2017 is to assemble a, a world-class digital and technology team in-house. Because okay. we went at that point in time to, to get to the pace of delivery of things that we wanted to do for our customers required a certain level of attention uh, in-house. Mm -hmm. And that's what we picked. And right now we have a good balance of what we do in-house versus uh, where we uh, leverage help. So it's a good combination that keeps us uh, at the pace at which we want to be. Right. right. I love what you said there too about like, you know, you've got a lot of people in your industry actually kind of making it difficult to use cash, quite honestly. Like, I mean, you know, if we put it bluntly and mm -hmm. you guys are actually going the opposite way in a lot of ways, not the opposite way, but you're taking a different approach to saying like, how do we make it easier for those that want to pay cash to get more rewards and have a more delightful experience, as you said before. I think that's really interesting. Got it. So I'm curious too, like one of the things that struck us that one of the reasons you guys got this award or that you got this award too, was the efforts around gold pass. I'd love for you to talk to the audience about what gold pass is and specifically given what you just said, what did it take to bring that to market? How did you get the buy-in for, for that whole initiative? So uh, Gold Pass obviously refers to our subscription program for the Seven Now delivery uh, service. And uh, we launched Seven Now back in 2018 and scaled through 2019 and 20. Uh, one of the things that uh, arguably we were not the uh, lead, I would say, in launching a subscription program here was the Gold Pass subscription. And I think it's very clear. I mean, customers want the convenience, but they also want value. 
while they want convenience, I mean, something that 7-Eleven has stood for is value, value and convenience. And how do you deliver that value? And then we took stock of what does the customer really want? So this is the gold pass stemmed out of a need, which is, can we put a 7-Eleven store basically at the doorstep of the customer at an unbelievable value? And that's how gold pass came about. And when you really think about the need state that drives the 7-Eleven purchase, it's that quick unplanned need instead of saying, oh, let me just take a right, right turn in, let me go and get this. And mm -hmm. I know 7-Eleven stands for, they have great private label brands, nice value, high quality, et cetera, et cetera. How do you convert that into a feeling for the customer, which is, yep, I have constant access to 7-Eleven without having to step up. That's what the genesis was. Uh, landing that is very easy because a lot of, I mean, it's the basic of a subscription plan, which you obviously would have heard from so many different, so many uh, folks is right. you get more stickiness and engagement. And as long as the stickiness and engagement drives uh, repeat purchases, the ecosystem wins. Right. How about on the operational side of it, though? I got to imagine that that was some new things for people to, to figure out or, or, you know, to stand up in order to, to meet that 30 minute delivery, you know, kind of promise with the program. Like how, how did you get through that aspect of it? It's a combination of a few things, Chris, on that one. I think one of the things which is probably an unrivaled advantage for us is we have, uh, we, we, we have, um, Print that sprawls 13,500 plus stores. Right. About 50% of the US population is within a couple of miles of a 7 Eleven. Hmm. And that puts us in the center or in prime position to get the products um, really quickly. And then you put some fancy algorithms on top. <laughs> and then you can uh, and then you can advance it. So our average delivery times are anywhere from 25 to 26 minutes mm -hmm. um, from customer clicking place order to, um, and nation, and this is nationwide across our 40, 40 plus DMAs where we are. Um, so I think, I think that's something that we, and then our store operations, like you mentioned, Chris, I think store operations plays a big part. Um, the pick pack in our stores, the way we have, the way we have designed that process, taking input from our stores is such that the pick pack is very seamless. Really? That's what that was what I was most interested in. Yeah, is how you're actually doing the pick and pack mm -hmm. on the floor to meet those meet that time frame. But it, well, one of one of the things that we were very conscious about is we wanted to land it in a way in which our store operators did not every order look the same for the store operator, so yeah. that there is reasonable amount of muscle memory built as they go about the pick pack process. And we have refined that over time, and that's something that is a key differentiator because our pick pack takes like a minute and a half too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. unless you have like three pizzas in the order, in which case, obviously, you don't <laughs> sure. cook pizzas in 30 seconds. <laughs> sure. Right. Nobody wants a 30 second pizza, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, well, uh, other than that, that's, uh, I, I think that's something that also feeds into our shorter delivery times. Well, Regu, as you're thinking about that and how you're going to continue to, you know, strive towards the shorter delivery times, you're evolving the technology that the store associates are using in store, um, both for that picking and then operationally how they're running the rest of the store. What what are we going to be talking about in the Fast Five in the next few months <laughs> or years? What headlines are going to be coming out that you can maybe tease for the audience listening to the podcast today? See, 
like we always want to ensure we uh, stay uh, stay abreast of what is happening to um, further delight the customer. Now, in terms of say the specific question you asked on delivery times, maybe autonomous is a thing. Mm. So we okay. we have we we have pioneered some autonomous deliveries in the past, all the way back to 2016. I think when we did a drone delivery back then in 2016. Yeah. Mm. Um, to 16, 17. So we have some partners with whom we are um, exploring autonomous deliveries. And when that becomes ubiquitous enough, uh, hopefully you see 7-Eleven uh, bots running all around. Who knows? Um, I'd so, like to uh, see that. <laughs> I got a follow-up question for you on that one for sure. But yeah, keep going. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, so there are things like that. Uh, we always want to look out for what was the next paradigm of frictionless checkout experience. I, you know, mm-hmm. we all know about the just walk out technology that we are emergingly seeing in, say, airports and um, so on. Mm-hmm. We have our proprietary cashierless store and our store support center here in Dallas. Right, um, that's that, something yeah. that um, that's something that is always interesting in trying to figure out how we scale that. Mm-hmm. Um, so m- multiple different things in this format. Um, Certainly a big part of our effort will be as we keep the pace on customer innovation, how do we also innovate for stores? Mm-hmm. And um, maybe one day there is an automatic uh, vault stocking machine. Oh. Oh, yeah, right. That, that, that would be great, huh? I'm so sure, I got... I'm, sure that, yeah, I'm sure you've seen some at least in uh, being piloted. So Yeah, I think there's yeah. A, even supposed to be one at grocery shop too coming up you know, next week. Yeah. But um, all right, I got, we got to ask you this. I know Anne's probably thinking the exact same thing I am because you mentioned it. We had the chance to interview um, somebody from Drone Up out at um, Home Delivery World uh, uh, at the beginning of the month too. I'm curious in your mind from your chair as the chief digital officer getting to ask you this question. Like, it's kind of cool. Like what... um. As you look at autonomous delivery options, say drones or vehicles themselves, how do you separate the pros and cons of, of those options in your mind right now? I I actually am pretty pro uh, autonomous if it can take off. And I have my own um I have I have my own worldview in terms of what it's going to take for mass adoption. And it's mm-hmm. certainly not going to be the retailer aspect of it. It's probably going to be more around any kind of regulations, FAA, right. for example, FAA regula- approvals and uh, DMV approvals for whether the whether the vehicle's running on the road versus a sidewalk and what it means to the city and so on and so forth. So I think that's going to determine a lot of the adoption. From a technology standpoint, eventually everything will get there. Yeah. You think so? Drones too. So you think we'll see drones and vehicles doing autonomous delivery? That's your your kind of prediction here? Drones are already doing autonomous deliveries in many places. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, from a technology standpoint, I think it will do whatever, it, whatever we need it to do. Right. And I think from an adoption standpoint, these are the macro, um, I don't want socio-political factors, whatever, whatever feeds into that is going to determine the pace at which it shows up. Um, hey, but I, you know, if you're uh, if you're on a boat in the middle of a bay, wouldn't you like a beer delivered like that? I'm sure yes. you want. Sure. Yeah, for- <laughs> that's, 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 a good point. that's a good point. Do you think uh, do you think that do you think autonomous delivery will happen in mass sooner or or later via drone versus uh, standard electric delivery vehicles? Like, which one do you think will come first? Oh, okay. This is just my personal guess. Okay. Yeah. So right. That'll be that that'll be more on the automatic electric vehicle than the drone there will yeah. be okay that's kind of what we think too but mm-hmm. yeah we're just curious it's good to hear we've never asked that of anyone 
Yeah. I mean, but people, the people on the super yachts waiting for their beers, I mean, they might be putting some heavy investment money and pushing drones. Yeah. The super yachts can beam it up and they they drink it in the metaverse. If you have a, if you have a super yacht and you don't have it fully stocked with all of the, the, you're not waiting for a delivery anyway. Who are we kidding? Maybe you get drone flying approvals for over the lake anyway, because you're not going to jeopardize people walking on the roads. That's true. Right, 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 right. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get you out of here on this. This We like to close these interviews, these Omnistar interviews with the section we call the, the pay it forward section. So we'd love to know, you know, if there's anyone that was instrumental on the ground for the work you've done over the past, you know, even, you know, six years, like you said, five or six years that you've been there. Is there any person or teams of people you want to single out uh, as a thank you for getting this award today? I think it's going to be entire Team 7-Eleven. I think it's hard to pick any one one party here. I think it's the full team. Obviously, I'm fortunate to have an amazing kick-ass world-class team here um, on the uh, product and technology side of uh, of the house, combined with the operating company that we are, along with every facet of the business. And I'm going to miss out a few if I start telling operations, marketing, merchandising, (laughs) finance, tax. I mean, you can't do anything without tax, accounting, everything coming together. So it's really hard to single out anyone. Uh, But it's it's a full team effort. And if you have to land anything in the stores, because that's where rubber hits the road, it has to be a full effort. So um, I, I, I thank the entire team for this. So you're like, it's like the Emmys, you know, you just, you got to get, got to get all those thank yous in to everyone. Yeah, it's better not to start calling anyone individually. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like I could go, I, their wife or their spouse we could spend the next 30 minutes on each function, by the way. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> all right. Well, that was, that was a wonderful interview. Thanks for, thanks for, thanks for sticking with us, Ragu. And thanks for, thanks for taking the questions too off the cuff there. Cause I thought that was a lot of fun and, and getting, getting to pick your brain is, is a, is a welcome opportunity for both Anna and myself. So we appreciate it a lot. Um, no. So again, to everyone listening, thanks to Raghu Mahadevan of 7-Eleven and one of the top 20 Omnistars for 2022 for sitting down with us today. And as always, to everyone listening, thanks for tuning in and be careful out there.